three and O. The Tennessee Volunteers are three and O. How nice it is to have an unstressful week of college football as a Tennessee Volunteers fan. It's a it's like a new wonder with Josh Heupel at the head of the table as head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. Under any of the other regimes we've seen in the past decade, that Akron game would have been very, very stressful. Because credit to Coach Moorhead, that team is very, very scrappy. But we'll get into that, and we'll get into this upcoming week's big SEC opener against Florida in this episode of Talking Vols with Dylan Holt, presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. Man, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, That was just a fun game of football as a Tennessee fan. And I think Akron fans, if they watched, which I would understand if they didn't, I think they would have had to have had fun as well because that was just, I mean, Coach Heupel mentioned it. It was just a great atmosphere for a game that, in retrospect, doesn't really matter. It's it's a top 15 Tennessee team against a 1-2 Akron team from the MAC, And everyone kind of knew Akron was going to lose this game. Tennessee was going to win. Tennessee went out there and did everything they were supposed to do, winning 63-6, to just pure dominance, a shutout in the first half, gave up two field goals in the second half. Absolutely fantastic things from the Volunteers. Uh, the only two real concerns from the game were Cedric Tillman going down with an injury on the low tackle below the knees, which was terrifying, but he walked off on his own power. Set on the sideline, he was okay. Of course, they're going to evaluate things. And then Jabari Small, our starting running back, our I believe he was third-team All-SEC preseason, went down in the first quarter, and then we didn't see him for the rest of the way. We need those guys healthy for the Florida game and for the SEC schedule, so that's kind of stressful. Uh, Tyler Barron went down at one point. So that's the one thing you don't want out of these games where you're playing a MAC team that's – especially a team like Akron that has not been very good over the past – five years or so you don't want injuries especially to star players like Cedric Tillman and Jabari Small who are so important to our offense that is one of the best in the country but with that allows other guys to step up with Jabari going down Jalen Wright stepped up in a huge way carrying the ball 23 times for 96 yards and two touchdowns Jalen is usually the spell back giving Jabari a little bit of rest during the game so Dylan Sampson had to step up and take Jalen's spot as that spell back. Dylan Sampson, the freshman, carried the ball eight times, 57 yards, averaging seven yards per carry for two touchdowns. Uh, the two two backs, Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson, combined for four touchdowns altogether. Uh, incredible effort by them. With Cedric going down, somebody in the receiving room had to step up. You might have thought, oh, it'll be Brew McCoy. Brew had kind of a quiet night. He did. He made a nice play, which could have been a touchdown that was called back for offensive pass interference, which is I, I didn't really like. Bruce just a physical receiver. The Akron defender needed to hit the weight room. I think Bruce just out-physicalized him. And in the rules, you can do that within five yards, wherever it is, but it is what it is. Uh, Bruce only finished the one catch for nine yards. But Jalen Hyatt stepped up in a huge way with Cedric Tillman being sidelined. And hopefully he's okay, but Jalen stepped up five catches 
166 yards, two touchdowns. It's averaging 33 yards per catch, a long of 57 yards. Hinden hit him on a long ball, I believe, in the second quarter, and it was just beautiful. Beautiful football magic. And it's it's what you want to see, like I've said throughout already this episode. It's what you want to see in a game against Akron. You want to see Hinden go out there and complete 14 of 18 passes for 298 yards and the two touchdowns to Jalen Hyatt. You want to see the defense, the, the starters, pitch a shutout and not allow a single point to a team they shouldn't allow points to. Uh, you want to see Jalen Hyatt step up and make plays. You want to see Jalen Wright step up and make plays. Dylan Sampson, these guys that have an opportunity to show off what they can do, show off their athleticism. They put it on display in front of a sellout crowd. It's it's what you want to see, and I, I there's the starters went out and did their job, and hopefully everybody that ended up leaving the game is okay, and will be healthy for next week for Florida. Now, I've got to talk about Joe Milton. I talked about him after the Ball State game. I, I was thoroughly impressed by Joe Milton. It's the same story here: four of five, 112 yards, two touchdowns. That 60-yard touchdown pass to, I believe, I think it was Ramel Keaton. Yeah, it was Ramel Keaton. was one of the prettiest throws I think I've ever seen. Joe Milton is a special, special, special athlete. And if people don't realize that, I don't know if they're watching the games. I mean, the things he can do, like the way he just flicks his wrist and the ball goes 60 yards, it's amazing. I, I'm, I'm amazed by him every day, and I think – Joe's showing a lot of us, uh, not only us at home, but the, the guys on the sideline, that he's competing to be the starter here next year. Obviously, he's not going to be not Hinden. Hinden is just so talented. But Joe's showing he's improving from the Joe Milton we saw last year that ended up losing the starting job to Hinden. He's showing, I'm getting better. I, I can do this. I can be the guy that's the starting quarterback next year competing against two much younger guys in Taven Jackson and Nico coming out of high school. Uh, but yeah, I think Joe was incredible. Obviously, he's going against Akron, but who cares? Making, I mean, we saw him plenty of times last year where he had open receivers downfield and missed them. Last night, threw just dimes to Ramel Keaton, and then later in the fourth quarter, found uh, Walker Merrill when Walker brought in his second touchdown of the year from Joe Milton. And I, man, I, it's hard not to gush over what Joe Milton did. It's it's the same reason why every Tennessee fan fell in love with him last. Uh, summer during practice. It's he's just a physical specimen. It's why guys fell in love with Anthony Richardson after the first uh, Florida game. They're physical specimens. They're just the premier athletes, and it's like, man, if everything click, it'd be hard to stop them. And that's why you want you want Joe Milton to be the best he can because that that makes Tennessee better, and that's really exciting to have. He'd be a sixth year senior or whatever next year. That's good turnover from going to end into Joe. That would be really really cool. Um, yeah, Joel was awesome. And then Taven Jackson, the freshman from Indiana, got uh, to play a little bit in the fourth quarter. Two of two, 28 yards, and then ended up down on the goal line with like a minute left in the game. Ended up on a read option, scoring his first touchdown of his Tennessee career. The coaches are really, really excited about Taven. And I, I can see it. I, I think he made a couple of nice throws. And then the read option, it confused me watching on television, so I know it confused the defense, and he walked right in the end zone. So I thought that was really impressive, and I was happy for him. Like I said, week one for Dylan Sampson scoring his first touchdown. It's cool to see that scoring your first touchdown in a Division One game 
uh, in front of, I mean, Dylan Sampson did at the Ball State game. That was not a sellout. Last night was a sellout against Akron. So getting to do that in an amazing environment, good for him. I'm, I'm happy for uh, Taven and what the future holds for him. And then I, I want to talk about the defense. And not necessarily even the starting defense, but some of the backups. Elijah Herring, I thought he was incredible. Specifically in that third quarter when he made some plays that's like, whoa, he came out of nowhere. He's a freshman from Georgia. Ended up recording two sacks. I believe they were both in the third quarter, like on consecutive plays, rushing the passer. He's a linebacker. I wouldn't be surprised if Elijah Herring ends up playing himself into getting minutes in the SEC games. And I hope he does because he uh, he was really, really good against uh, Akron last night. And I, I was just thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. I think this is a guy that uh, you can see what Josh Heupel and Tim Banks want to do with this defense. They, they want these athletic linebackers that can move around and make plays. And it's hard not to get excited about that. I mean, the defense did their jobs, didn't have any interceptions, but we did have the uh, the one fumble down on the goal line forced by Jeremy Banks, which, I mean, we all know what Jeremy Banks does. He makes plays, and he, he laid, laid a lick on that Akron uh, receiver or running back or wherever it was. Forced the fumble, Tennessee recovered in the end zone. Latrell Bumfist coming up with the recovery. It was just a good night. Good night of football. Obviously, there was a little scuffle with uh, Jimmy Callaway, but it was a physical football game despite it being 63-6. It was very physical, very very chippy, and emotions ran over, obviously. Some people thought uh, the way Akron was playing was uh, – Dirty. I don't know if they're playing dirty. They're they're doing everything they could to try to stay in the game. Uh, and obviously, Tennessee fans, Tennessee players did, didn't take a liking to it. And uh, some emotions ran over during the game, after the game. And it's that's something unfortunate that happens sometimes. But we take away the positives. And the positives are Tennessee scored 63 points and only allowed six. You can't be upset after a game like that. It's it's nothing but up, up, up. And I'm and now we <laughs> we get to look forward to next week. We get to put Akron behind us. We I mean coming into the Akron game, it's like, well, Dylan, what do you know about Akron? I'm like, ah, LeBron's from there. That's about all I know. And that, I, that that that's about it. I all I know is like Akron was has always been bad on the NCAA football games. And that, that was about it. I knew about DJ Irons. I, I did. I knew about their quarterback, DJ Irons. And I thought he wasn't going to play in this game. He ended up playing. He played pretty well. And he was one of the players that they got a little chippy after the game. Uh, but Akron isn't a game where everyone's going to be super excited. And be like, okay, we got to get we gotta get up for the Akron game. We got to get real excited and all that. It's just not how it is. It, it was a game that Tennessee was meant to win. And add another W to the resume for 2022. Now, as I was saying, we get to look forward to next Saturday and the home opener in the SEC against our rivals, the Florida Gators. My oh my, what a big game atmosphere this is going to be. It's the 3.30 game on CBS. You got right now as I'm speaking, you got the number 18 Florida Gators against the number 15 Tennessee Volunteers. I imagine Tennessee is going to be going up in the rankings. I, 
I think they should probably be top 10. They looked better than a lot of the teams that are ahead of them. Like Arkansas was 10. They looked a lot better than Arkansas yesterday. Miami lost. Michigan State lost. I, I imagine since he's taking a jump. Florida, I don't know. <laughs> Florida was awfully close to losing against uh, South Florida at the Swamp, which is concerning because South Florida is not very good. But Florida's got a lot of talent. They're 2-1. and one. They've got that huge, huge win over Utah, which is, I mean, that's a, that's a huge win. That's a team a lot of people thought were the favorites in the Pac-12, which you, if you've heard me on the Dylan or Dylan show, I don't think they are. I think USC should be the favorites there, but we're not talking Pac-12. We're talking balls. Florida's got so much talent on their team. We know this. As Tennessee fans, you know, Florida has talent. They, they're they going to, they've got things. And then when they play Tennessee, they get like this voodoo magic where they play a lot better than they are. And that's what we've seen for the past decade. Florida's only been good a handful of times in the past decade. But when they play Tennessee, they get like magical powers. And it's so frustrating because we see them do things that they shouldn't be doing. But it's against Tennessee. So it's it happens. And on paper, heading into this game, Tennessee is just the better team. You look at Anthony Richardson, the starting quarterback for Florida. 41 of 77 on completions to attempts this year. 423 yards, zero passing touchdowns, four interceptions. On the other hand, you have Hendon Hooker. 59 of 85. 844 passing yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, that, like, if you're weighing it out like a boxing match, looking at all the variables, quarterback, a thousand percent goes to Tennessee. Look at running backs. The rushing leader for Tennessee is Jalen Wright. He has 45 carries for 231 yards and three touchdowns. The rushing leader for Florida is Montrell Johnson Jr. There's 25 carries, 240 yards, two touchdowns. I'd say that one's kind of a toss-up. I, I guess you give the advantage to Florida a little bit, but Jabari Small is probably the best running back in this game. Best running back in this game is probably Anthony Richardson, if we're being honest. But if we're going just position by position, I'd say I'd say you give Florida the advantage just based solely on leading rusher numbers, but it's not that big of an advantage. Receiving is not even close to Tennessee. I mean, Jalen Hyatt is technically our leading receiver with 18 catches for 267 yards and three touchdowns. We also have Cedric Tillman and Brew McCoy. I don't know when people are going to start talking about it, but it needs to be soon. Tennessee has one of the best receiving rooms in the entire country. I don't care who you're talking about. Alabama, Georgia, USC, um, Oklahoma, Texas, any of those teams. Tennessee is right up there with them. Jalen Hyatt, stud. Cedric Tillman, stud. Brew McCoy, stud. And I don't know when people are going to recognize that Tennessee, the receiving room is right there with them, but it's not yet. And hopefully after this national spotlight game against Florida, that they will be recognized. I hope they are. Um, when you look at kind of the team averages, I, I went through some of the individuals, the teams. Tennessee averages 52 points per game. Pretty good. Uh, Florida averages 25.3. So Tennessee's got quite a bit of advantage there. Uh, Florida's allowing 26.7 points per game. Tennessee just 14. Florida is uh, averaging 350 yards per game. Tennessee 550. Florida's 
uh, averaging allowing almost 400 yards, 373. That is not farewell for them against this Tennessee offense, while Tennessee's allowing 344 yards per game. Uh, Tennessee allowing just 83 rushing yards per game, Florida allowing nearly 200 yards per game. And I don't know if uh, people listening remember this, but I always remember growing up, they would say in the Tennessee-Florida game, it always came down to who would win the rushing battle, who would rush for more yards. That was always the sentiment that was said during these matchups, and it felt like it was always on CBS. And if that's the case in this one, I think it's going to be Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee's going to – they've got the better offense, just point blank. The ESPN Power Index, Tennessee's got an 87.4% chance to win. That seems a bit high just because how this game works out. It's a rivalry game. You can't really look at it like that. The spread, Tennessee minus seven. Seems pretty good. I mean, I don't like Tennessee being favored like this over Florida just because I know how the Florida game goes. We have not beat Florida many times in my lifetime, which scares me because we're, we're getting amped up. Everyone's really excited. I mean, my dad has booked a cabin and we're leaving on Friday to get to Tennessee and we're staying all weekend and we're, we're just super excited to get there, be in the stadium. Uh, I don't know if it's confirmed yet or not, but the word is they're checkering the stadium, which is, I mean, it'll just be a beautiful atmosphere. It'll be raucous. I've seen people comparing it to 2015 Oklahoma, 2016 Florida, 2021 Ole Miss all wrapped together. And if that's the case, man, Anthony Richardson, Bill Napier, and Florida are walking into just like the most hostile environment imaginable. And throw on top of that, Florida hasn't left the swamp this year. They've only played home games. Week one against Utah at home. Week two against Kentucky, their lone loss at home. Week three, South Florida at home at the Swamp. Their first road game being a sellout at Neyland Stadium doesn't seem ideal for them. And I, I might be wrong. They might they might thrive on the road. But their first, first true road test being against maybe, I mean, for sure a top 15, maybe a top 10 Tennessee team. I don't know how the AP poll is going to react. If they're able to do go into Neyland Stadium and just ignore just the raucous sound, they could be in business. They, they could be set up very nicely. Uh, but I don't think that'll be the case. It's gonna be hard to do that. And I wanna I wanna point out some things from Florida's one loss to Kentucky. You look at it, they they ha- they were in the driver's seat at halftime, up 16 to 13. After that, Kentucky, who has a very good defense, shut Florida down. Didn't allow a single point in the second half. And uh, they ended up outscoring them 13 to nothing in the second half to come away with a 26 to 16 win. And Kentucky didn't really, they didn't do anything crazy on offense. 202 passing yards, uh, over 100 rushing yards. But they they shut down that Florida offense. Anthony Richardson, 14 of 35, 143 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. Uh, he only rushed for four yards. If you can shut down Anthony Richardson's legs, man, you could be in business. And Kentucky's offense, I know a lot of people are crazy about Will Levis. I'm not. And 
Will Levis was able to find ways to get the ball out and make plays. If Will Levis was Tennessee, he'll be able to. So that's very, very encouraging. And I think, I I think uh, Heupel and Tim Banks, when they're thinking about what to do on defense, they're going to look at that Kentucky game and say, okay, this is what they did to slow down Anthony Richardson. Take notes and try to try to do the same thing. I, I think that's what South Florida did as well. Trying to just contain Anthony Richardson and then contain the Florida offense in whole. Which, man, if you can do that, Tennessee's going to score points. And knock on wood, but uh, Tennessee will score points. And if, it, if Tennessee can just make it a shootout, you have to feel comfortable. Because Florida's offense, I mean, other than the Utah game, and even in the Utah game, they weren't that explosive. So if you, if you can make it a shootout, things could get <laughs> very, very fun in Neyland Stadium on sun, on Saturday, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, it's just exciting, exciting, exciting. I cannot wait to be back in Knoxville on on Friday. I'll be there Friday and obviously Saturday. It's, it's an exciting time, um, especially coming off a 63-6 win, the Pittsburgh game, the Ball State game. So much momentum. Uh, watching Hypel nearly get choked up at the press conference last night, talking about all this support, and then just knowing Hypel hasn't been at Tennessee for a huge home game yet. The Ole Miss game was big last year. This is a sellout in SEC against Florida. These are where we bring like the real crazy crowds. So just knowing that, it's man, it's exciting, exciting, exciting. Cannot wait to be there. Um, like Waka Flocka said it best in Grocery Party. It's a party, and we're going to have fun. We're going to have a ton of fun, and hopefully Tennessee walks away 4-0. We haven't been 3-0 since 2016, and in 2016, we all know what happened. Tennessee hosted Florida at home. They wore the smoky gray jerseys, which it's rumored we might be doing that again. They checkered the stadium, and they beat Florida. Jawan Jennings, the, the hero of our fan base, he brought down that bobbled pass. The stadium erupted, and Tennessee won. We can only hope we will get a uh, a return to 2016 on Saturday. And uh, you know, Jawan Jennings, he said it best a couple years ago when someone asked him what his favorite food was. He said, <laughs> "Jawan said his favorite food was gator." And I love that so much. I think this is one of the most underappreciated rivalries in college football. Tennessee and Florida just do not like each other. We go to war again on Saturday, and I cannot wait. Thank you for listening to Talking Balls with Dylan Holt. I will hopefully be back in your ears next Sunday. And hey, remember, it's great to be a Tennessee Vol. See you next week.